Welcome to The Band Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their first name. I'm Mandy Kaplan. And I'm Mandy Fabian. And every week we bring you the latest products and trends. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Every week we argue over uh, books and podcasts lately because, you know, we don't talk about that struck work. Uh, Not till a fair deal is reached. So um, grab a couch and grab your T-shirts and let's get to it. See how I slipped a merch plug in there? Let's talk about the merch right up top. (laughs) I I ordered some Make Jail Great Again stuff. Did you? I am so excited. No, I was traveling, but I will. I will order it. And as we established, no Wi-Fi where you were traveling. You were in the woods and in icy rivers and... Yosemite. It all sounds... Awful to me. No, no. Awful. We took our, we dragged our children up a mountain. We hiked eight miles. They had, they're not even, we don't even go hiking around LA. And we took them on an eight mile hike and then threw them in an icy cold river. They couldn't have been happier. (laughs) Oh, God. You see what it's like? Terrible. You see what it's like for me? There is no sitting around for me. No, and I traveled this weekend as well. And I flew mint on JetBlue, which is the, fancy front section. Oh. I upgraded with Miles. And of course, my biggest complaint is that they were understaffed and I didn't get the free headphones and <gasps> we didn't get beverage service. What? Things that, like that's, you were in an icy river in the elements after an eight mile hike. And I was like, where are my noise canceling headphones? <laughs> For fuck's sake. So but you have a le- I, I get it. I get roughing it. You, ha- you have a legitimate point though, because that's a long flight. You deserve. Yeah. Yeah. You no beverage yeah. service at all? They ran out of beverage? No, they no, they gave us beverages when they served some food, which was oh, great. Okay. The food was good. But you know, when you fly first They'd, class, yeah. you expect them to come around right when you get on and offer you something cold to drink. Right. You know, and it's like they I didn't just, have was, your brand of scotch. Correct. Yeah. I get correct. it. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm sorry for that. I'm really sorry for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I really, I'd like to start a telethon to get me back into <laughs> Mint and have the full Mint experience. Um, But oh, you yep. performed with your girls in yes. the rain. Mm-hmm. At the Bear Music this Fest. This so wonderful. Guys, check it out. Like, that's, I think, you know, since we're not really talking about movies and television, I think it's a great time to promote our latest client, nature. Hey, everybody, (laughs) get out there into the woods. The Bear Music Fest, really, check it out. That's B-E-A-R. It is like the most fun, the coolest people. It's a camping live music extravaganza. And there's such hippies that, yes, even though it was pouring rain and lightning and thunder and everything, people were still had garbage bags over them and passing out mimosas and listening to people play under a tree yeah. canopy in the rain. It was real fun. I love it. Yeah. And a little less uh, exciting than the Burning Mandy concert <laughs> this year or the Burning Mandy Festival, which went off the rails. Oh, yeah. So you didn't get trapped where you were. No, no, we did not. Although okay. all the power went out. So like there was, they had to oh my God. serve food with a generator and we all had to have headlamps and flashlights. It was pretty nuts. Um, wow. What's up with the music festivals? Why does God hate music festivals this year? I don't know. But they're dirty. Yeah. I mean, we all could have been cleaner. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Generally speaking, but yeah, uh-huh. I, I'm not a 
porta potty loving music festival person. What a shock. Oh no, there's there's flush toilets and showers and washers and dryers. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh. oh yes. Nice. See, somebody just yeah. yeah. You still have to sleep in a cot though. It does get cold. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um well yeah. this week we listened to the audiobook mm-hmm. of Seth Rogan's yearbook, which is autobiographical, but not like his life story. He's no. telling vignettes and scenes and stories from his life. Yes. And I want to know what you thought. Um, I find him very charming as a person, like the way that he <laughs> like laughs at his own jokes. Yeah. And he has a, such a specific voice and literally his voice. I, I don't know. Yes. Like, it's interesting because he's such a stoner and he all of his stories are about drugs and I'm just mm-hmm. not there. I, I, mm-hmm. I never was there. I felt alienated by those people in high school as well. There's a there's a rule follower that in me that goes, you did Molly before you went and met with the head of freaking Sony. Like what what kind I of know. what? goes on in your brain. Now, I I am so envious of that kind of (laughs) self-worth. I mean, that kind of like confidence and like, yeah, I'm just going to get all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't care about you and what you have to think because I'm ideal in any state. That is really tremendous to me. Um, It's also his brand. Yeah. You know, I mean, If you're going to if you're an executive and you're like, let's bring in Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and see what their ideas are about this IP, you know, they're coming to you stoned. Yeah, that's their brand. Yep. So. And I think there's some kind of like because they've been so successful, everybody's like, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, But did you like the book? Um. I did. It was like he's funny. I, I didn't find it particularly like. I didn't find it. I liked the shitting the pants story. You know, I'm all for a shitting pants story. I enjoy that. That was one of my main mm-hmm. notes. Yes. It's like every great um, comedian has one, which makes me feel like I'm in good company. I wrote, yay, he shit his pants. And that's, this is now a man cave prerequisite. Yeah. So if you're listening, please send us recommendations <laughs> of stories of people shitting their pants because that yeah. appears to be our favorite thing. It makes me absolutely howl with laughter every time. Yes. Yeah. There were a few moments in this book where I was like helpless with laughter. I thought... Me too. Yeah. I thought his story about the lion uh, when he was shooting the movie... Tiger. Yeah. Oh, right. It It was was, a tiger. Right. It was a tiger, not a lion. I don't know why I went lion. I went full lion, but it was just a tiger. But his story about the tiger tamer guy... And mm-hmm. everything that he said wrong when he was going to be working with an actual tiger was very, right. very funny to me. That was like helpless laughing. Oh, my God. So one of the the benefits of the book is that Seth Rogen does not voice the whole thing. He's the narrator. Yeah. And he's like, and then my buddy Martin said to me, and then other people are voicing their, sometimes themselves, like yeah. Martin Starr, but then sometimes just random actor friends are playing like Randy, the tiger taming guy. Yeah. And whoever voiced him was really funny. You yeah. know, and he's like, oh, no, 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 that's that's perfect. It's OK if the tiger's hungry, whatever. And he's, just, you know, and you're like, oh, this guy's lying through his teeth and incompetent. And oh, my God, it's scary. It was so, so funny. He went on this run of like, well, 
as long as the lion's not in an open field, or sorry, tiger. Not as long as the tiger's mm-hmm. not in an open field, it should be fine. And Seth Rogen every time is like, no, he's absolutely in an open field. The, the scene takes yeah. place in a field. Well, as long as it's right. not at night. No, it's absolutely, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> and then he yeah. keeps saying, is that a problem? And there's a long pause and the guy's like, no, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. I thought um, I thought he had, you know, his stories were charming. I, you know, it was totally charming. What did you think? I fucking loved it. Mm. I laughed so hard. And I'm going to play the Jew card, which is something I don't do very often. Yeah. But there is this relatable thing that Seth Rogen has. A lot of his stories are about growing up Jewish in Canada and, well, the Jewish kids did it this way. And this is this might just be a Jewish thing, but... And I related to a ton of that, that yeah. maybe you, you didn't quite click with. Um, you know, yeah. but he feels like family from the moment he started talking. And he tells this story about checking into an Israeli inn with his mom <laughs> and the innkeeper and he's like so we're in israel so the innkeeper speaking hebrew and he's like shalom bupkis kanish and seth rogan's like these aren't the actual words he used but i don't know any actual hebrew words <laughs> and every time he did a little string of yiddish or hebrew words like that i was howling with laughter and uh, and then he ended it with gal Gadot. And I just thought it was (laughs) priceless. I think that's really smart, funny writing. It was delivered really well. Yeah. And the innkeeper thinks he and his mom are a couple, which is a whole other thing and so funny. But I I was just howling with laughter. Yeah. Not just some of the stories were like, well, we all shoplifted in high school. That's not so funny. That's not so exciting. But the way he phrases things and and sums it up is bright and hilarious. I no, I agree. He's very very funny. I find him very charming and uh and like a stand-up, you know, like he's a storyteller, right? Yes. Yeah. And he started in stand-up. Yeah. I and loved he, his he, stories about that. Yeah. Right, he was like 14 yeah. and doing stand-up and he's making fun of himself. So I wrote this joke and now I'm so embarrassed by it. I howled at his 14-year-old joke. <laughs> yeah, they were good. Is a genius. <laughs> this Moyle hires him. Sidebar, I've always wanted to film, and I've talked to you about this before, I've always wanted to film a promo for America's Next Top Moyle. Uh-huh. Okay. If anyone out there wants to fund this, let's get that going after the strike. So you just have to change one letter. It's brilliant. Um, but he, a Moyle hires Seth Rogen, 14-year-old Seth Rogen, to write jokes for him to do at Briss's because this guy's like, I want to put people at ease and break the ice. And one of the jokes Seth Rogen writes at 14 is, this baby will go to preschool and have such street cred because he's already been in a knife fight. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Hilarious. I- Agreed. His that I, it really makes me wonder, like, wait a second, could those really have been jokes he wrote when he was 14? Because they were top right? tier. And the fact that, in fact, when the, later in the story, when the when the Moyle's like, I don't know if I love these jokes. I was like, what's wrong with him? This is A material. Yes. You could use this yes. over the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And the Moyle did. And he The did. Moyle admitted he used them for years and years and years. Why wouldn't he? It was, it was top Why grade stuff. Why wouldn't he? Um, I want to go back to um, everybody shoplifted in high school. Um, 
Pete, you might want to edit this part out. <laughs> right. Are you kidding? That's catnip. I know. Yeah, this... I was a big shoplifter. <gasps> Wait, big. you really you didn't were? shoplift? No. Yeah. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Well, first of all, I didn't live near a mall. I lived on a ranch. You know what I mean? Like, when would I have ever had right. an opportunity like, to shoplift? Like, stole corn from the neighbors or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I made art with their grain from their horses. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was quite good at it. Wow. And uh, it was, we had a little ring, a little gang of friends and, oh, I'll go over there and ask a question while you're over there take putting a candle in your purse or whatever. But my, my, what do you call it? The, the biggest thing, I, I want to say coup d'etat. Is that the right phrase? That makes sense. Sure. I want to sound smart. But okay. You do. It my, does. It's great. Tell I us more about a st- whole outfit from The Gap. What? I went in with my big baggy sweater and my big baggy pants and I put on leggings and another sweater under it and I put my clothes over it and I walked out of the gap because we found out that the metal detector thingies at the doors were fake. They weren't real. Oh my so, gosh. I don't know. That was my... And then a friend got caught and had to go to the mall cops and was really embarrassed and got in big trouble. So I stopped. Okay. I've been okay. clean ever since. You're the reason we have to take off our shoes at the airport. I might be. Oh, my God. I might be. No, I, I know. I just think that's so interesting because, like, there's just no way I would have been so terrified of getting caught or I, I just there's there's just no way. So was it like, oh, your friends are like, do it, do it. Or you were like, this will be a great idea. I just want this outfit and I don't want to pay for it. Like, how did you what what made you or you were like, did you get I some didn't sort of drink thrill? and I didn't do are drugs. you like Winona yeah. writer? It was like cutting yeah. or something. I do. Uh, dark turn. I didn't. I was a goody goody. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I, you know, so yeah. this was my little thrill. Rebellion. Yes, it was a thrill. And it was like a lip gloss yeah. and then a candle. It was, I didn't steal a car. Uh, yes. But yeah. Uh, by the way, cutting is two of us. If we interviewed 100 Fandies and uh, said which one of them as a kid shoplifted, me. I bet more than half would say you. Of course. A thousand percent. Yeah. 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 So that that makes me happy. I have a dark past. <laughs> you do. And also, by the way, cutting isn't always dark. Sometimes it's more like just scratching to get attention. You know what I mean? Okay. Let, <laughs> let's be clear. I never delved into that either. I didn't either. I was. <laughs> That's for a different episode. I we wanted can go, to we can be learn an, all about your past. Yeah, I wanted to be an actress. Like my God, I was I was whittling a, a a knife as country kids do. I had a pocket knife and I was whittling silverware so that I could eat in my fort. And I cut my leg and I thought it ruined. I thought it was going to ruin my career as a gymnast because the scar. So no, I never would have cut on purpose. Is what I'm saying. The story started with I wanted to be an actress, and then you were wanting to be a gymnast. Well, I'm very confused. it's an obvious connection. I mean, Mary Lou Retton appeared in how many movies? It's an obvious next <laughs> step. <laughs> I we wanted to be both. Have gotten off track. Okay, all right. An actress, <laughs> a gymnast, and a pilot. But go on, go on. Yes, you're right. Well, uh, so Seth Rogen has a lot of shoplifting stories. And yes. You know, they stole a keg and they, I mean, uh, they got away with a lot. They smoked pot at like in high school, at, in junior high even, right? They walked to the 7-Eleven. Yeah, he got into fights. He broke a kid's nose. I mean, he kind of has this really like uh, guy next door kind of vibe, like this harmless stoned teddy bear vibe. Right. But he was like, he got into some stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, They those kids who ripped them off and then threatened them with a knife and I mean and right yeah, they were selling he, drugs mm-hmm. 
And they were so, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I came from such a goody two shoes, just say no. Although I, I, other kids did drugs. I was always like, oh God, no. Like that was right. not only illegal, it was immoral. I think I mm-hmm. still am a little bit like that. <laughs> well, you say pot just makes you paranoid and you don't like it. And so you're anti-drug. The, I am. And if you're not anti-drug, if you're curious about drugs, this book would put you off of drugs. Ugh. His stories sounded awful. And he's laughing about, you know, so his face was melting and I thought the room was on fire. And because it's not just pot. he He's into all drugs. Yeah, he does. And it. I found it so gross. I was just so turned off by all the drug stuff. Well, I was kind of glad that he at least told the bad part of it, you know, because otherwise you'd just be like, wow, I want to be like Seth Rogen. I'm just going to do all the drugs right. and see what happens. It's kind and of also, amazing. And father now. And, I, and I'm thinking, this story sounds really recent. So dad oh. went away with his friends for a weekend yeah. and they all did acid. I mean, that once you're a parent, that shit stops. And then when your kid goes off to college, maybe you experiment again. You know, I, I don't but, I don't think that's true. I think for people yeah. who are like regular, this is part of my life. This is what I do. And by the way, again, right. you know, it's not it's it's working for him there. He has had right. zero consequences. All of these consequences you're talking about are just like funny stories that he gets to put into an audiobook that we then purchase. True. I, you know? True. And he's very open about that on the smart list. They interviewed him on smart list. And I found it to be a little bit of a turnoff because. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm a prude or something. I think that's a part mm-hmm. of me that I'm like, that's just kind of gross. He's like, he just smokes pot all day, every day. And I think I'm a little mad yeah. that he's so successful, if I'm going to be honest. Like, be successful, sure. but don't be this, like, total regular stoner and never present and always kind of like, but, you know, I don't get it. Like, it's that's not right. for me. But he's very funny. No, he's undeniably funny. He's very funny. I wrote, and, you know, I, I listen as I walk and I take notes and then... There are typos in the notes and they don't always make sense after the fact. So one I wrote was the cum dumpsters bit is hilarious, starting with a 9-11 dedication. (laughs) Now I don't even remember how that came to be, but I do remember laughing my ass off when he it it started sincere with 9-11 and ended with him saying cum dumpster. And I was laughing so hard, but that's a sentence you just don't see very often. Yeah, no, I don't remember the exact details of that one either, but I do remember that it was hilarious because there was something in a script, wasn't there? Like, it it was like, uh, oh, I don't remember. Shoot. I don't remember. I wish I did. his memory, first of all, you and I can't remember anything week to week. Right. That is clear. He remembers so vividly the details of stories from middle school and high school and his recall is so perfect and who was involved and what they said and what they wore i don't get it and he's a druggie yeah so you would think he would say i remember running from some kids but i don't remember what happened i know but no he remembers every detail maybe that's part of it like maybe the reason that he does so much pot is because Maybe he has a brain like that, like Mary Lou Henner. Isn't she the one that remembers every yeah. detail of every... And he does she talk does. about having some sort of ADHD or uh, mm. hyper-focus. I don't know. He he talks about having some sort of um, thing that was undiagnosed as a kid. There was no medication mm-hmm. for it. So he, you know, I mean, I know people who have a supercharger brain, and that's a very common kind of thing. It'd be like, I'm just going to get drunk and stoned a lot. And it's right. still going to only slow me down this much. Right. I mean, maybe he is a genius genius and 
these things mellow him out and stop his brain a bit. And now we're just hypothesizing. Well, let's call him. Let's see what the real truth is, you know? I wish we could. I (laughs) I think I'd love to hang out with him. He's so funny. He does seem really funny and really smart. And he's got really interesting, cool opinions. I loved his whole thing about Twitter and talking to the main guy at Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really tried to take on Twitter because they were promoting white supremacy and yeah. Nazism. And he really tried to make he tries to affect change where he sees injustice, which is cool. Yeah. And he was very common sense about it, you know, about the mm-hmm. like A plus B really does equal C. You don't get to say, oh, I I, I don't have any way to control that. And then say, right. but I'm not promoting these people because you are, in fact, promoting these people. And he was very, right. you know, I thought it was cool that he took time out of his book to do that. He does stand up for things like that that I think is great. Yeah. I remember he was years ago, he I think one of the first stand up for cancer specials and he was really passionate and smart and funny and stoned on the special. <laughs> but I just I remember being very charmed by him. I think he was the host of it or something and he's he's really talented and smart and deserving of his success, but you're right. I wish he could not be stoned or tell so many stories about being coming down off of being stoned when he's meeting people or trying to advance his career. But although maybe it's something we should try. You know what I mean? No, I don't think it would work. Next week when we record, <laughs> let's see what happens. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. It wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about Scientology. Oh, because he does a whole chapter on Scientology. Mm-hmm. My favorite subject. Yeah. Yes. So Seth Rogen got invited to Tom Cruise's house. Oh, when Tom Cruise had just jumped on a couch and called Matt Lauer glib and he was doing some rehab of his reputation and he wanted to do a comedy. Yep. So he called Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen to his house to be like, what could we do? Let's do something together to make everybody know I'm a I'm a nice guy and yeah. damage control. Just a guy next door. And yeah. And Seth Rogen's story of sitting in in Tom Cruise's house and shooting the shit and thinking he is a great guy and then Tom Cruise tries to sell them on Scientology. <laughs> and if you give me an hour, I would have you believing. And it it's really bananas. And I know I love that story. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, uh, maybe another time? Not now. <laughs> you know, and then and then Tom Cruise did Tropic Thunder and in fact rehabilitated his reputation and he was hilarious in Tropic Thunder. Isn't that something? I mean, you can be both things. You can be apparently a hilarious, handsome, really good actor, stunt person, brilliant entertainer, businessman, and also a scientist. You guys, just Mandy Fabian is touching herself as she talks I about Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, Maverick she cannot Tom Cruise. control. I don't where know about Mission Impossible, go. Tom Cruise, but um, no, I we've established I'm a fan. I yeah yeah. I don't know if I could actually go full. Could you Could you even pretend? Have you ever been to the Celebrity Scientology Center in L.A., by the way? No, I'm too afraid. I think I'm we real should go. confident when I live miles away. Mm-mm. No, you wouldn't I'm even scared. go there for brunch? Just to, it, I think they have a free brunch Mm-mm. on Sunday. You could go. For, oh, wait, free brunch? I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like they give you those free personality tests. Oh, my God. Right. That would be really something. Oh. Okay, maybe we won't do that. I'm a little scared, too, I'll be honest. It's not struck work. 
So if we wanted to go get our e-meters done and do an episode. I need the shoplifting. Oh, I, no, I'm too scared. I need the shoplifting too kid scared. to come out of her shell and take me into the Scientology Center and lie our asses off and then get out of yeah. there with our IDs and our full personalities intact. And then <laughs> next can't. week on the podcast, when you have a guest host, because clearly I've gone to the dark side, you know. Right. <laughs> right. You've moved in with Giovanni Rabisi and you're living happily ever after. I can't have it. I can't lose you. No way. So Giovanni still owes me money. I'm never going to go live with that oh, guy. That bastard. <laughs> oh. um, uh, that was a really yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. It was a great chapter. Yeah. And he take he he mocks Scientology in the same way we are right now. And it's just, yeah, go Seth Rogen. Special shout out. As you were listening, Seth Rogen talks about going to the porn awards in Las Vegas one year. <laughs> and he's like, it's like the Oscars for porn. And they have categories such as, and did you recognize the announcer who announced the categories of the porn award? Oh, I don't think I did. The one and only Tara Sands. <gasps> oh, my God. Our near and dear Tara Sands. Is she um, friends with Seth Rogen? No. Uh, she's an audiobook narrator and booked the job. I, th- that, that I know of. She has... She, she might have friends that got her in that circle. Wow. But they used a lot of audiobook people okay. as well as his friends. I see. But, okay. she, you know, he was, he, I don't know, he, he's like, and they have such uh, categories as, and she's like, best threesome with your stepdaughter, <laughs> best cum shot. And I was like, that's Tara. And she was hilarious. Really? You in, recognized her I voice? Mean, just so, And then you texted her oh, to say, holy shit, are you in Seth Rogen's? Oh, my God. I will say I was looking for the cast of the audiobook. Not so easy to find. No, it's not because it's 80 something people. Oh, but, OK. And that but they did list them all after. But yeah, I was texting with her like, I'm listening to you say the dirtiest things <laughs> ever. So it was fun. <laughs> It was like your bachelor um, And party. her name came up because she recommended who, sh- who shit on the floor at my wedding. Yeah. So now she's she's, um, she's an honorary. F- honorary Fandy for sure. Fandy. Thank you, Tara. Um, I love. Thank you, Tara, for enriching our lives. That really was a great, a great device. And I really appreciated him. I mean, I'm sorry. The great device was using all the different voices because that really did. Yeah. Even like, especially like when he's a kid and using a kid that sounds like him. And, you know, that was really that really Mm -hmm. takes you on a journey. I really appreciated him talking about um, his big flop movie, too. The interview or a different one? The interview. Yeah. He spent quite a few chapters on that whole uh, thing. Again, mm-hmm. I cannot believe the balls on this guy. Like, it's incredible how he's like, nope, we're not going to do that when the head of the studio and they're all saying, you can't do this because this is going to create havoc in the world. And he really stood right. his ground. I mean, that's, I, I I can't, I'm so excited and impressed. But I also wonder, would I do that in the same circumstance? But then right. I, if I was Seth Rogen, probably, yeah. Well, yeah, because he has the equity built up to do that. Yeah. I don't think he would have done it on his first film. Yeah, you're probably right. He's, But he, yes, I admire that he, he believes the interview was a better movie than anybody thought it was. Yeah. But he also was like, it sucks when people don't like your work. Yeah. It hurts. And no one liked that movie and that hurts. He's, he doesn't say like, no one got it. It was brilliant. No one got it. He, he just owns it that you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I thought that was really impressive that he talked about it in that way. That it was very like, yeah, yeah that blew. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever um, see that movie? And Eddie Griffin is a horrible anti-Semite. 
And that's what I learned. <laughs> What's funny about that, though, is you you pointed it out right before we started recording today. Wait, you said you had your, it was a Jewish, um, what did you say? It was very funny. It was a very funny line. You you were doing oh, a, your know, Jewish, hilarious. What? Jewish showbiz um, dynasty or something that you were talking about. Oh, bringing the, the cabal, the evil cabal. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that was on this recording or our first attempt at a recording. Oh, it probably was. But our I was first funny, attempt. everybody. It was very funny. Was funny. But no, you but you brought up an interesting point that this guy, this rapper, he's a horrible anti-Semite, but he's like the oh, Jews run Hollywood. Yeah, he's a comedian. Yeah. Eddie Griffin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And who I love that Seth Rogen is very open about saying not funny, like the way that he keeps jabbing yes. at him in this thing, because he was the guy was like, you need to let some other people besides Jews make something in Hollywood. You need to talk to your Jews. And I was like, whoa, that yeah. is. Yeah, that is in an intense. elevator too. no escape. You can't turn around and be like, excuse me, like you're in an elevator. <laughs> talk about a captive audience. That's how Jewish yeah. people do very well in Hollywood. Not that the, not that. You, you know, you, they shouldn't. I thought you were going to say in elevators and we would be right back to my Vegas story. But no. Okay. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> was Vegas Jewish? I can't remember. No. Oh, well. So no, he was wasn't not meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. Nope. <laughs> um, I would like to hear how many man jobs you would give. Oh, our hopefully one day friend Seth Rogen. Oh, and his, his book yearbook. I would give it. I mean, I'd give it five. It really was. You started seeming like you didn't like it that much. Um, I'm challenging you. No, I did like it. It was funny. It was. It wasn't like meaningful. I'm not going to run out and go. Oh my god! And I, I recognize that I have a bias against people who are perpetually stoned. I'm jealous yeah. of his privilege. I'm jealous of him having this like open doors, no matter how fucked up he is all the time. You know, there is yeah. a certain amount of there's a certain amount of jealousy that arises in me of what he gets to do because of who he is and how he is. Right. And uh, but I recognize that that's my shit. The audiobook is right. funny. He's very, very funny. He's undeniably funny. And even if I think of him as a person and go, I wish he wasn't like that or I wish the world was different so that women had equal opportunity and blah, blah, blah. You know, I wish, you know, like, I don't know about. I'm not the kid that would ever have the balls to steal anything or go to a seven. I don't know what it's like to move through the world like that, but that's me. Right. That doesn't mean it's not a right. good audiobook. And he's funny. He's very funny. Well, now I'm going to give it six man jobs just to prove a point that I liked it more than you. Because <laughs> I really, I kept coming home and going, Jerry, you have to listen to this book. It's so funny. It's just so funny. Yeah. Whether or not you like him or can relate to his stories. And I think a lot of people could. Yes. I couldn't, but he's, he's just so damn funny. It's very funny. It's a quick listen. I didn't resonate with it like you did, but yeah, but it, it doesn't, you don't have to. It's, it's objectively a funny book and he has interesting, really interesting stories. So there you go. And yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know who else has interesting stories? Oh, uh, tell me. The producer and engineer of The Man Cave. True. Mm-hmm. Who is Pete Wright. Yep, he's amazing. And our music is done by Ian Post. Thank you, Ian. And uh, now I'm trying to sneak the, the credits in to challenge Pete. Like, when do I start the music? Why didn't they give me an official <laughs> transition? Oh, my God. He's going to love that. Keeping you on your toes, Pete. And if you would like to hear more of The Man Cave, Obby. please, please, please join us. 
as a Fandy. Go to mancave.com slash Fandy. $5 a month gets you bonus uh, content and a birthday message and access to us on a private Discord channel. So join us, mancave.com slash Fandy. It's fun. We love our Fandies and uh, we really appreciate the support. Also, if you would like to... um, uh, buy some fabulous merch at mancave.com slash merch. We got a whole heck of a lot. Uh, we got a new Make Jail Great Again, which we're very, very happy about. It's a little controversial, which is we're also very happy about. As you can, yes. as you've heard on this podcast, we're very edgy Hurry people. before there's a cease and desist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry. And um, yeah, and, and uh, I think we've said everything, right? And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts at, or, or give us five stars. And uh, please do spread the word. We enjoy hearing from I have you. a new review. Oh, great. Five stars from someone who knows. They they wrote, such a great discovery, funny, thought-provoking, like hanging out with your BFF. Oh. So thank you, someone who knows. Thank you. Um, and please, please leave us those reviews. You can ask us a question or recommend stuff for us to discuss on the podcast. And we will, because we are whores it, for your approval. I love it. I love it when somebody reaches out and says like, oh my God, I'm listening. I, we had, I had a fandy reach out and say, I'm watching Hacks because of you, which does beg the question, like, how did you miss Hacks? But, you know, I'm glad that right. they got it from our podcast. Right. Pre-strike. Um... Okay, yep. I'm excited for our game. Great. What was the name of the book we listened to? Yearbook. So I have celebrity yearbook quotes. <laughs> you are going to tell me who said the quote, and I'm going to give you multiple choice. <laughs> okay, great. Make sense? Why not? Yes. So somebody wrote, your self-worth is determined by you. You don't have to depend on someone telling you who you are. Who wrote that in their yearbook, Mandy? Was it Amy Poehler, Hillary Clinton, oh. Hillary Clinton, yep. Simone Biles, mm-hmm. or Beyonce? Oh, um, that's interesting. <laughs> Would it have been Hillary Clinton before she was afraid of saying anything that could get turned around on her in the press? Would it have been Simone Biles when her self-worth was really pretty dependent on gymnastics until she won a gold medal? So I don't know about that. Maybe Beyonce? Maybe Beyonce. Why not? I feel like she's always been a goddess. Beyonce. Ding. Am I correct? You really talked it through. Yeah. Well, I wanted the people to know what was going on. Yeah. A journey. Maybe I should do an audio (laughs) book. All right. Who said... I firmly believe that any man's finest hour is that moment when he has worked his heart out and lies exhausted on the field of battle. And that quote is from Vince Lombardi. Okay. Who said that? Was it Tom Brady, (laughs) Channing Tatum, or Oliver North? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Channing Tatum. Because anybody with guns like that. You know what I mean? That takes discipline. Tom Brady, maybe he always loved football, but it seems a little on the nose. Oliver North, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him well enough to comment on him. So I'm going to say Channing Tatum also because I just like saying his name. He has the best name. So Channing Tatum. Well, you are correct. <laughs> and in his yearbook, he is Chan Tatum. Oh, just thought that was interesting. I'm so proud of him for going full Channing. What? Wait, congratulations, Channing. Yeah, he really gained in Ning. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, I, I'm having some issues. I was going to, I might have to put my reading glasses over my regular glasses, but I'm going to try What's not to. What's the glasses? What's going on? I have a whole, nothing. I just, uh, <laughs> it's boring. Okay. Um, Why don't you lose contacts in your eyes the way I did three times? Oh, um, <laughs> I hate that feeling. Okay. The merry madcap lord, not a word with him, but a jest and every jest, but a word. Now, that was said by Shakespeare. <laughs> Who put that in their yearbook? Was it? What the hell? Christopher Walken, uh-huh. Kelsey Grammer, uh-huh. or Meryl Streep? Wow, these are all really good guests, guesses. I'm going to go not Meryl Streep because I don't think she was a douchebag back then. Um, let's <laughs> go with Christopher Walken. I feel like it was Christopher Walken. You are three for three. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm. I think a lot about yearbook quotes. I'm still thinking about my high school yearbook quote. I think mine was from Miss Saigon. Is there anything more embarrassing? <laughs> I think mine was probably that Martha Graham singular expression one. So I might have you matched oh, in terms of embarrassing. All right. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. My aim is true, which, of course, is Elvis Costello. Yeah. On the song Allison. Yep, yep, yep. But the quote is, my aim is true. Okay. Was that said by Tiger Woods, uh-huh. Owen Wilson, or John Hinckley Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I ooh, that last one, I'm really, I'm tempted, but I'm going to go with Owen Wilson on that one. You are stellar. <laughs> Have you spent time on this website? No, I haven't. This is exciting. I was off Mandy, the I don't think you've ever gone without a mistake. This is Oh, no, that's really No, that's my brand from now on. That's what's going to happen. All day, no mistakes. All right. Couple more. <laughs> yeah. If you want to play with the big boys, you got to learn how to play in the tall grass. Was that Jeff Foxworthy? Richard Cheney, uh huh, or Tom Brady. <laughs> oh God, I don't think of Tom Brady as that clever. Uh, or uh, you know, it doesn't. No, it doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he talks much, but he throw real pretty. So I'm gonna mm. say maybe Foxworthy. It was Tom Brady. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, I thought I could get you with the old Dick Cheney. Uh, okay, last one. <laughs> But my brand is not making mistakes. So what happens now? Oh, God. We'll cut that one. Okay, great. Um, okay. All men should be feminists. If men care about women's rights, the world will be a better place. Was that Barack Obama, mm-hmm. Randy Rainbow, <laughs> John Legend, uh, oh, there's four. or Roseanne Barr? Oh, I... It, I feel like it's John Legend. You're right. I'm why dick around. You're right. I think great. Yeah, that feels right. So I love you, John. I Legend. just found this website, Celebrity Yearbook Quotes. It's I a know. great. What a it's, charmer and what a great couple. Yeah. But they made a fake one that I love so much, and I'm just gonna put. I'm just gonna say it because <laughs> it was so funny. Kanye West was yo yearbook. I'm gonna let you finish, but my junior year photo was the best photo of all time. <laughs> That's spectacular. Yo, yearbook, I'ma so, let you finish. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so 
That's my game. That's a good game. That's my time, folks. Well, awesome. Now it's up to me. I really, uh, boy, did I go back and forth on things. I found a lot of things I thought you might like, but it turns out, it turns out that we have some, some pretty serious competition in the podcast space. Um, so there is a podcast called Two Bears, One Cave. Have you heard of this podcast? I have not. A comedian who has been recommended to me several times, but I've never, I haven't seen his uh, stand-up special, and I couldn't recommend that to you because we're not doing that. Correct. Tom Segura. Right. So it's Tom Segura. Uh-huh. Have you heard of him? And then yeah. Bert Kreischer, who I know very well and have been to his house for yeah. Thanksgiving, and I love his yeah. stand-up. So um, yep. they have a uh, two bears, one cave. They have teamed up to do this podcast. And okay. their most recent one was called uh, Bears versus Wild Animals, and it looks pretty good. And if you want to pick a, a different one, we could do that. But I'm kind of interested in this uh, Bears versus Wild Animals episode. So done. Yeah. So we'll. I can't wait to text you uh, on Sunday and say, "What did you say we were going to listen to?" <laughs> you you, so you don't think you'll that. remember that? I'm I'm. You've done it too. Our memories are not so good these days. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I wasn't yeah. judging. I just thought with the whole cave right. thing, you just Google podcasts in a cave, and then you get some great true crime stuff, and you also get hilarity. All right. Um, okay, great. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, there you go. And then maybe we could take them on in a tickle fight or something. <laughs> maybe there's a way to get the two caves together. And I would love nothing more truly than a tickle fight with you. Um, I've said too much. All right. I love you. (laughs) I'll see you next week. I love you. (laughs) 